Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Those are the words that are spoken on Ash Wednesday as ashes are smudged onto foreheads. The amount of symbolism found in both those words and those ashes is so rich as to be almost unending. First, the ashes. In the Old Testament of the Hebrew culture and in many ancient other cultures too, ashes were a symbol of sorrow. After Job lost his children and his health, for example, his friends came to visit him. They found him with his clothes torn and sitting in a pile of ashes, and then they tore their clothes, poured ash on their heads, and sat with him, grieved with him. One level of symbolism for the ashes of Ash Wednesday is the symbolism of grief, sorrow for one's sin. Sin for which, the prophet Joel said, God wants you to express sorrow not by tearing your clothes, but rather by tearing open your heart. Because why? Well, because for one thing, as we heard Jesus make oh so clear in the Sermon on the Mount for several Sundays in a row recently, neither us at our best nor us at our worst is defined solely by our actions, but also by our hearts. And because also, without your heart involved in your confession, your prayers, your worship, all you are offering God is a, is a shallow and superficial so-called relationship with a fake you, and an, an avatar of you, if you will, when in fact what God oh so desires is a deep, and deeply loving, and deeply affirming, and as needed, deeply forgiving, actual relationship with the real you. Another level of ashen symbolism, which is meant, again, to reach all the way to our hearts, can be seen when you realize and remember that those ashes we use for worship here on Ash Wednesday are in fact the ashen remains of the dried and then burned palm branches which we used for worship last year on Palm Sunday. And what symbolism does that bring? Symbolism with which we acknowledge to ourselves, to one another, and to God that when it comes to the level of real, that is to say, when it comes to the depths of our hearts and all of our actions and all of our inactions too, our love and praise of both Father and Son is sometimes as superficial and as fickle as was the praise on that first Palm Sunday 2,000 years ago. When crowds in Jerusalem shouted to the Father's Son, Hosanna to the King, but five days later, come Friday, shouted instead, Crucify him, we have no king but Caesar. On Ash Wednesday, palms now transformed into ashes remind us that spiritual contradictions were not limited only to the hearts and minds and actions and inactions of those people back in those days, but rather they exist still in our hearts 
and minds and actions and inactions, in my heart and mind and actions and inactions still today. Of course, though those palm branches were waved and those praises echoed back on that day, Jesus wasn't sidetracked by those externals of praise. For hosannas to the king notwithstanding, he knew full well that it was a cross, not a throne, upon which he would soon be lifted up. Likewise, ashes on foreheads applied in the sign of a cross are not a visible sign of a today received absolution for sin, but they nevertheless are a visible sign of a today promised hope for sinners. For if Jesus made anything clear in his teaching as he drew nearer to a cross, it is that not only would he die, he would do so for the forgiveness of the sin of sinners, including the sinner whose name is you. Speaking of crosses and thrones and Ash Wednesday symbolism, there are the words that are spoken on Ash Wednesday as the cruciform cross-shaped ashes are smudged on foreheads. The words, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Those words hearken back all the way to Genesis 2 and the story of God the Creator creating all humans by first of all creating a human, an Adam in Hebrew, from the dirt or dust of the earth, from the Adama in the Hebrew. And then do you remember what happened almost immediately later in Genesis 3? The humans, the man and the woman, having been given life on everything on earth for the living of life, decided that they wanted, that they couldn't live without the one thing they hadn't been given. They didn't want to live life obedient to the desires of their loving God and creator. They wanted to live life being their own gods and following their own oh-so-creative desires, creatively defining for themselves what is good and what is evil from their own wise-as-God perspective. Here, according to the Bible's big-picture story, is the sin that gave rise and gives rise still to all sin. Not wanting a God who sits on a throne to be worshipped and whose desires are desires to be followed by us, but rather wanting to be gods, our own gods, who have our own thrones and are worshipped and whose desires are desires that are followed by others. Because why? Because it's all about me. But here comes Ash Wednesday and smudges on our foreheads and those words, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. Remember, in other words, that you are not God. You are mortal. 
You are from the earth, and in death, one day, one day you, one day we all of us, will be returned to the earth. But, but, ah, but, remember that that smudged reminder of your not-godness Your mortality is smudged on you in the shape of a cross. A cross to which would be shaped and nailed the feet and hands of the one whose alone is the throne, but who would leave thrones behind and do so for you. And in the hands of not your efforts, but his is found, even midst Ash Wednesday's sooty and somber sorrow, is found our greatest hope, hope born on a cross, hope that clings to the promise that in him it is neither sin nor death, but love and life that do and that will have the final word, including the final word for you. In the meantime, Not to win that victory, that is in greater hands. And so not to win that victory, but rather to praise and witness to the victor. Sisters and brothers, it is Lent. A word from an old English word that means spring. For on the church calendar, the season of Lent is meant to be a season of springtime for the soul. Let us till spiritual soil. Let us sow spiritual seeds. Let us prune spiritual waste and pluck up spiritual weeds. Let us nurture spiritual fruits and fertilize spiritual flowering. Let us, in other words, live in the direction of the life our Creator gave us life to live. By living in the direction of love for God our Creator and love for our neighbors, whom God also created, and love for this earth and all creatures in it, which God also created. And then said... It is good. And then said to the Adam, the man and the woman, I entrust it to you. Take good care of it all. Amen.